The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, you all, for signing on to the Dr. Connie radio show. This is my very first show of House Calls, and I'm so excited to be doing this. Although I want to admit to you, I'm a little bit disappointed. I wanted to come on the air this afternoon to say the following. Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Connie Mariano of House Calls, and I just won the $550 million Powerball here in Arizona. But unfortunately, I did not win. Somebody in Fountain Hills won, and don't know who that is. I also heard from my friends at the lottery that the other winner of the Powerball was a bartender in Missouri. So cheers to all those people in Missouri who are celebrating. You know, you ever wonder what you'd do if you won the Powerball? And it's a question I offered to my sons a few years ago when I started playing the lottery. And my youngest son, uh, Jason at the time, was about 12, and my older son, Andrew, was 14. I said, hey, what would you do if we won the lottery, guys? And Andrew said, oh, man, we would buy a Maserati, a Lamborghini, a house in Maui, on and on and on, all these great things. And then Jason, who's a more cerebral, uh, more spiritual one, pondered a little bit. And he said, you know, Mom, what would that do with our work ethic? And then Andrew, of course, being a teenager, just said, dude, dude, forget the work ethic. Think about the Lamborghini. So, But even though I didn't win the Powerball, $550 million Powerball, as I look at my life and the fact that I'm, I'm on this show today, I've already won the lottery, as my husband tells me. I'm really, really blessed. Before I go on about the show, I want to thank a couple people who made this possible and who are here with me today. First of all, in the studio today, I brought along my own personal support group. I have my son, Andrew Stevens, with me, who uh, is my personal assistant, but also does the uh, social media and advising and consulting on Twitter for uh, my book site and as well as the radio show. Say, he- say hello, Andrew. Hi, everybody. Well, he's got a good voice. I've decided that uh, I-, I really believe in nepotism, and if it comes a time that I can't make the show, uh, I'm going to have Andrew uh, come on board or my son Jason Stevens, who's a musician, and substitute for me. And the way they would do it is rather than say this is the physician to the President of the United States, uh, they are the sons of the physician to the President of the United States. So it's a really cool thing. They can share about their stories of uh, being at Camp David uh, during Thanksgiving and growing up around the White House. So that'd be another cool thing. The other wonderful person I have here in the studio that I had to bring with me is my sister, as I say in New York, my sister, uh, my best dear friend, Maddie Williams uh, from New York. Say hi, Maddie. Hello, everybody. It's wonderful to be here. And I've known Maddie for about 11 years. She was my personal assistant when I was at Mayo Clinic, Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale. And she has stayed on to be a dear close friend in rough times, in good times. And one of my definitions 
that I apply to who do you know are your really, really good friends, and it's the uh, hide the body rule. And if you look through your life among all your friends, and God forbid you should ever kill anybody, and you told these people you had killed somebody, they're the first ones who would say, you know, that bastard deserved to die. Let me help you fight the bo- help. Let me help you hide the body. So Maddie is one of my friends uh, who will help me hide the body. But thank you too for being here in the studio to lend me some support. I really need you here. I also want to thank a couple of other people out there. Uh, if you're one of my many friends and family who've tuned in for support, thank you so much. Uh, if you're any of my patients, I thank you so much. I want you to know I will not send you a bill for this call, so this is gratis. Uh, I have several honorable mentions of friends who have uh, Twittered me throughout the day. Roy Templin in Indiana says hello. Mark Noller, the White House correspondent for CBS, outstanding uh, reporter who I've known for many years, traveled many miles with Mark, is saying hello. Angela Gonzalez from the Phoenix Business Journal, who I met several years ago at Healthcare Heroes, is listening on, and thank you. Ingrid Croce, the widow of the great singer Jim Croce, who I met in, in my hometown, San Diego's out there, and who wrote a root, uh, book recently, and hope to get her on the future show. Hello to you, Ingrid. Alexandra Garchi, who's my goddaughter in California, studying for the bar. Good luck. Also want to say hello to my other son, Jason, who's out there with his band, and we're going to do an interview uh, at the end of the in December on his band and what it's like being uh, on the road. Also to my stepson, Mark, who is at Harvard Business School. My stepdaughter, Melissa, who's in town as a paralegal, and her wonderful fiancé, Steve. They're getting married next year. Uh, my love to all of you, and thanks for listening in. And last but not least, my the love of my life, my husband, John, who's running a company in Indiana, who's hard at work at his desk. I'm just going to give you a kiss. Isn't that disgusting? So I send you guys my love. So let me move on here. Uh, if anybody else is not included in that group, in other words, if you're not a family or a friend or a patient, but you hope to become one of the three, I want to thank you for having the bravery and courage to tune on. You're probably wondering, what is this show about? Well, you know, I am a physician, but I'm not a typical physician. I'll be honest about that. I'd been really blessed with a very, very unusual life, very unusual career. And I always believe if you you have something different, what other people consider different, then to your advantage, you ought to share it with others, the lessons you've learned to help them and to help their lives. And this is what brought me here to do this radio show, which we are calling House Calls. Now, you probably don't know what I look like if you've never heard of me before. Uh, You're probably thinking, well, let's see, Dr. Connie Mariano. Gee, you're probably some Italian babe. I mean, Italian like in Mariano. You know, you sound American. Um, Your name's Italian. You know, when you see me, I really don't fit the name or stereotype most people come up with. Uh, I'm Asian American. I'm uh, Filipino by descent. Uh, So when you see me, I I look Asian and I talk Caucasian. And I laugh because my husband, who is a a wonderful sexist in many ways, and I will will describe me as an H-A-B, or a hot Asian babe, which I think is a really good thing when you're 57 years old for people to call you a hot Asian babe, don't you think? So I am descended from Filipinos. Both my parents uh, grew up in the Philippines, and my father was very poor. He uh, came from a a family in which he had lost his mother early in his life, Uh, They were very dirt poor. And his way out of poverty was joining the United States Navy in the 1940s. 
Shortly after he joined the Navy, he married my mother, who came from a very wealthy family in the Philippines. She was a dentist, and it was an unusual marriage in that sense, that you had the rich marrying the poor. And uh, he said, come marry me, come to America, and come do the laundry. You're going to be an American housewife. And so I was born uh, in the Philippines on a Navy base. Uh, I was military all my life. In fact, I was three days old when I took my first helicopter ride uh, from uh, the naval base in Sangley Point to Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines because I was, uh, had some medical issues uh, at the time of my birth, but I recovered. And uh, came to the United States uh, when I was two years old. And we came to Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. We lived in the Navy base. And when I look back, I just remember running around barefoot all through the neighborhood in Hawaii. I didn't speak English at all. I spoke my family's dialect. And all the kids would look at me like I was an alien, really an alien, like from outer space, because I wasn't fitting in with everybody. And so that was a frustrating thing. Every two to three years, as a Navy brat, we would move. We moved from Hawaii to Washington, D.C. in the 60s, back to Hawaii, then to Taipei, Taiwan, and then back to San Diego, California, where my father finally retired in the uh, 1970s. So this issue about trying to fit in has really been my life story. You know, you don't fit anybody's stereotype, and you just don't fit in. Do you ever get that feeling? You never quite fit in? You know, what do you do about that? And so I decided I would use it to my advantage. And one of the things I tell other people who feel the same way, if you find yourself in a situation where you're standing out from others, you know what, damn it, take advantage of it. Take that opportunity to be outstanding because you have their attention, you've got their attention, do the best you can because now you have them. And do as best you can to be memorable because there's something to be memorable. You know, and I always talk about people who want to be famous, but be careful because there are only two letters difference between famous and infamous. And so you don't want to be infamous because those people get you in big trouble. So as you can see, as you're looking at this, you know, I can understand, you know, Dr. Connie grew up as sort of disadvantaged, right? But, you know, I look at those, and I always put those things to my advantage. And part of my show will not be about being in the wine country. And what I mean is this. Um, this is not the Napa Valley. It is not the wine, W-H-I-N-E country, where I'm going to bring on people who are going to complain about others and be victims. I do not believe in that. I believe in promoting the best you can be and triumphing and showing that you are a survivor and successor and that you can overcome your hardships and doing the best you can be to do that. So my show, I'll be talking a lot about success because I'm an example of an American success story and I believe that success is a good thing. Unlike what a lot of people say nowadays, it is a good thing. Success is a good thing. I raise my children not to go on welfare. I raise them to go to college, get a job, and be successful. And I've been blessed in many ways before, because of this uh, to have been successful. And when you tune into my show, you'll hear about the mantra, success is good, and you can be a success. Never apologize for that. Don't let anybody else make you feel bad because you are that. Don't let them discriminate against you because you are successful. So... I'm going to go off to a break here in a few minutes, but before I do, I'm going to, when you come back, I'm going to talk about education, while that made a difference, how I graduated the top of my class in high school and college, when I'm going to get my medical degree, got my scholarships, and all those wonderful things to show that you're not a victim, that you can succeed. So 
Come back in about a few minutes, and we will uh, listen in. Oh, oh, before we go to break, I've got someone here, Iris. Uh, I've got a caller from Iris uh, calling me to say hello. Are you there, Iris? Yes, I am, Connie. Iris, are you, are you my psychic from Florida? <laughs> but listen to what happened. I don't know how to use computers. So I rushed home, and my daughter knows I'm using her computer. It just went out completely. Completely. It said there's trouble on the line. Oh so I God. called up. It's a good thing I have the telephone. So I called up early to be first on. You're amazing. Did you predict this as a yeah, psychic? you remember what we said on the phone. You said, gee, I said, one day you said something about television. You said, yeah, one day I'd like to have a talk show. That was the last thing we said. I love your book. I've <laughs> showed it to everyone. And I have everyone listening in tonight, uh, my whole clientele, oh. some emails, and you'll be getting a lot of calls from them. I'm very proud of you for sharing your gift, and not only about the high schools, giving people hope at this time how badly we need it for the way the world is going. There's hope for everyone. Oh, so thanks, proud Iris. Of you. I love your book. And in the meantime, I'm having everybody, do they call Amazon to get your book? Yes, ma'am, Amazon.com. Well, they're going to get about 100 calls because I'm going to put an email out to my whole following. Oh, you're the best. Thanks, Iris. And well, if anybody's what? looking I'm for proud, a psychic. I'm proud of what, how you're growing. And I remember what you said when we were on the phone. The last thing you said was, I'd love to have my own show. Remember, we were talking about television. Yeah, but I would never think, right? No, but, but then I said, you will, and you said, well, someday, I, and I know you will for this, you're going to go to TV. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed, okay? But right but now, I'm a radio talk show host. I'm very proud of you, and I wish this computer would get fixed. Oh, uh, well, but you you're came on through. every week. Yes, ma'am, every Thursday at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard well, Time. lots of luck, and love you, Connie. Do uh, your best. I love I you, too. I know you will. Take care, dear. You Bye-bye, too. and Bye. thanks for calling in. All right, and we'll be back after this break. Thanks. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. 
You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, coming soon. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back, everybody. The Dr. Connie Show. The doctor is in. Thanks for coming back. What I wanted to do on this show is just give you a little idea who I am. Um, I started off a little bit about my history that I came from the Philippines. I came to the United States when I was two, didn't speak English. And the struggle was growing up in a place where you never felt at home and always trying to prove yourself over and over and over again. And the biggest difference in my life really came through education. Education allowed me to succeed, uh, learn so many things. I became teacher's pet because that was the attention I craved. And, you know, one of my patients a long time asked me, well, what, what is your secret for success? And it's a sad secret because I grew up with the mantra, you're never good enough. And it's heartbreaking to hear that. But honestly, that was the mantra I heard as a little kid, Filipino girl growing up in the U.S. from my parents was, you're never good enough. And so I don't like that, and I, I decided I will show you that I am good enough and better enough to do the things I want to do. And along the way, that was where education came in. Uh, I graduated valedictorian of my uh, high school class. I ran for st- student body uh, secretary. I won that. I was voted most likely to succeed and most conservative, which is sort of cool in those days. Went to college at the University of California, San Diego, and then it get, got accepted to the medical school in Bethesda, Maryland. And my medical school was unusual because it was the military medical school in Bethesda. I was in the second class that was going to graduate from there. And at the time I matriculated, Congress was trying to close it because they couldn't afford it. Well, Congress kept it open. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, And they graduated. The majority of the physicians in the armed forces are from my alma mater, the Uniformed Services University School of Medicine in Bethesda. So I, I was full-time military. I was U.S. Navy for 24 years. And the highlight, really, of that career, of being a physician in the military, were the last nine years. Now, how did that come to be, the last nine years? I never knew that there was a job called the White House doctor. Uh, and it came about in 1991. I was living in San Diego, California, uh, with my family. And uh, at that time, my husband at the time was an attorney, My two children were one and three years old. My parents lived a few houses away, and you would think life would be good, right? I was working at the Navy Hospital. I was division head for internal medicine. But something was off. I just felt, did you ever have that in your career where you think everything's going well, but it's just some 
disease or unqueasiness in your stomach that something was off? Well, that's how I felt. I was working long hours, day and night, and something was missing. And I was trying to decide whether to get out because my 10-year commitment to the Navy was almost over. And I asked my husband at the time, what do I do? And he said, well, you know, I have a retreat in Palm Springs this weekend uh, with the attorneys. Why don't you have your parents watch the kids and let's go to Palm Springs for the retreat for the attorneys and their spouses and you decide. And I needed the break and so we did. We drove off to Palm Springs. I remember it was the Ritz-Carlton in Palm Springs, which no longer exists. And I was getting dressed uh, for the cocktail party that night. I walked down into the grand ballroom of the Ritz-Carlton in Palm Springs and I looked around and there were all the attorneys and their wives and they were beautiful, they were stunning. But what struck me was they were relaxed, they were poised, uh, they weren't exhausted like me who's working full time. And I turned to my husband at the time, I said, you know, I've made my decision. I'll get out of the Navy, you make law partner, and I'll become your trophy wife. Is that possible? Can you do that? You know, how many of you out there would like to be a trophy wife or a trophy husband? Wouldn't that be cool? And he said, sure, let's do that. So we got back to the uh, Naval Hospital in San Diego. And before you can leave the Navy, you have to ask permission, obviously. So I went down to the Office of Personnel. I asked them for the papers where you fill out the forms so you can be released from active duty. And it takes like nine months to get out. And I had the papers on my desk, and I'm filling them out. And it strikes me that these are like divorce papers, that I'm leaving the Navy. I've known the Navy all my life as a Navy brat, as a Naval officer for 10 years, and now I'm leaving. But, you know, i got to do it. I want to get out. I want to be with my family. I want to be a trophy wife, all those reasons. And as the paper sat on my desk, the phone rang. And it was the chairman of internal medicine. And he did not know I was planning this. Nobody knew I was planning this other than my husband. And he said, Connie, I just got the message traffic from Washington. And I am supposed to nominate six people for the job of White House doctor. And I said, hmm, I've never heard of that job. And he says, well, let me read you the criteria. You have to be active duty Navy for at least 10 years. You have to be board certified in internal medicine. You have to pass a security clearance. You have to have some operational time at sea or on board an airplane. He says, Connie, I think you'd be great. I want to nominate you to be one of the six people. And I said, you know what? It sounds great. Let me run this by my husband. So I hang up. I pick up my husband, who's at his law firm a few miles away in San Diego. And I said, listen, I know we were planning on me getting out, but what about this? Uh, my boss just called me. There's a job in Washington, D.C. that he wants to nominate me for, and it's the White House doctor job. And my husband goes, are you crazy? You lived in Washington, D.C. for about 12 years. You mean you grew up there? You went to med school there? You know it's hot and it's humid. You can't drink the water. And the finale is you can't, they don't even have good Mexican food. And I said, you're right. They don't have good Mexican food. Let me tell my boss, call it off. So I hang up. I pick up the phone. I'm getting ready to call my boss. And my pager goes off. And it's my husband trying to reach me because my phone line's tied up because I'm on it. And I hang up. I pick up the pager. And it says, call your husband. I call him. And he said, you know what? On second thought, you have nothing to lose. You know, you'll never get this job anyway. And by the way, that's a footnote for any of you. Um, whenever you pick a life partner, pick someone who's your biggest fan, who believes in you. And file that away because fast forward 13 years, we had difficulty in our marriage and I ultimately divorced him. But let me move forward with this story at the White House. So he said, you'll never get jo that job anyway. 
So, and anyway, you know, go for the interview and you can put it down as an interview item for your next job if you ever moonlight for Kaiser, right? I have nothing to lose. So, <clears throat> fast forward six months, I'm in Washington, D.C. I'm at the White House. It's uh, Christmas time, it's beautiful. I'm running around the White House with five other doctors uh, who are also going to be nominated for the job of White House doctor. And we're all in our blue uniforms, and it's gorgeous at the time. We interview with security people. We interview with members of White House mess. And the last person we're interviewing is Dr. J. Burton Lee III. Now, before Google, I, inter I researched Dr. Lee, and I found out that he was very distinguished, uh, Sloan Kettering uh, internal medicine oncologist, was a very good friend of George Herbert Walker Bush, who was the president at that time, and had grew grown up in a very well-off family, very different from the family I grew up in. And I realized I'm about to be interviewed from somebody who's sort of Ivy League country club, which is so far removed from my universe. And it made me sad because I thought there's no way that this guy would relate to me. There's no way that I could connect. In fact, the only Filipinos that this guy ever met were the ones who were in the White House mess because they were traditionally Filipino stewards in the White House mess. And so I said, well, let me go for the interview. So I went in. I was brought in to the ground floor of the White House, and Dr. Roberts was the doctor we were going to replace. And I knew at the time of the interview that among the five doctors being interviewed by Dr. Roberts and the team, that one of the doctors, they were all male, one of the doctors was going to be the best man at the wedding of Dr. Roberts. And so I already knew. There was no way I was going to get this job. You know how things in Washington work. It's who you know. Well, nobody knows me. So I go in. Dr. Roberts brings me in. He says, have a seat. I'm going to go introduce you to Dr. Lee. So he goes over to the doorway on the ground floor of the White House, and he says, Dr. Lee, I have our next candidate here. I hear across the room, do you have her, her folder with all the information? Dr. Roberts goes, oh, no, I forgot it in the other room. And all of a sudden, I hear books being thrown across the room and a man yelling, well, never mind. I'll make the decision without it. And Dr. Roberts pulls away from the door and he says, oh, you know, you're on. And I thought, oh, great, I'm on. You've just pissed off the guy I'm about to interview. So I stood up, I took a deep breath, and I said a silent prayer. And I said, dear God, if this is meant to be, show me a sign. Show me a sign. And I'm going to tell you about that sign and about how the rest of my interview went when you come back from the break that's coming up here in the next few minutes. Okay, so stay tuned. I'm going to tell you about the interview that got me into the White House. I'm going to share you some lessons about being interviewed and how you can get the job you want if you follow what I did when I got into the White House. Okay, so stay tuned. I'm coming back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. 
Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last return to the sea, to ocean us, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Green Living Channel. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back. I'm going to tell you a story about my interview at the White House, which is one of the strangest interviews I've ever been through in my entire life. But I think the part about this interview that's important are some of the key elements that I'm going to share with you that can help you if you've ever in this situation, not just interviewing for the White House, but any job that comes up. So anyway, we're back at the White House. It's 1991. I'm about to be brought into the lion's den to meet Dr. J. Burton Lee III, who's the physician to the president for George Herbert Walker Bush. He's the final interviewer uh, in this process as I'm being interviewed for this job of White House doctor. So Dr. Roberts goes, you're on. I stand up. And I say a silent prayer. And one of the things I'm going to share with you is I believe in prayer, I believe in God, I believe in hope and bright things. So please use prayer in your life. Don't forget God. And so I say a silent prayer, I take a deep breath, and I walk in. Now, this is after I asked also, show me a sign. Dear God, if it's this meant to be, show me a sign. And I walk in to the doctor's office on the ground floor of the White House, and I see Dr. Lee. And he's very impressive. He's about six foot two. He's bald. He's about uh, 63 years old, very distinguished gentleman, wearing a business suit. And I look at him, and I see the sign right away. And it makes me smile. And what the sign is, ladies and gentlemen, is a single tan Band-Aid right across his forehead. And at that time, I'm a mom. My two little boys are one and three. And as a mommy, all I can think of in my own eyes, looking at that Band-Aid on his forehead is, he's got a boo-boo on his forehead. And so as I shake his hand, I'm staring at his boo-boo on his forehead, shakes my hand, and he says, sit down. And I thought, Jesus, this guy doesn't even believe in foreplay. Man, we don't even warm up here. So I go sit down, but I wait for him to sit down first, so we go to the desk. He's opposite me at his desk, and I'm at a desk opposite his, and we're sitting right opposite each other. And he goes right to it. No, right to it. He goes, 
Why do you want this job? Now, that's a valid question, right? If you're going for a job interview, they're going to ask you, why do you want this job? And make sure you have a reason, right? You know, research where you're going and really have a reason. Well, I had had maybe five or six really good reasons that I had thought up that were politically correct, polite reasons for why I wanted this job. But in that moment, what came out of my mouth was not what I had planned. And what came out of my mouth when he said, why do you want this job, was this. Dr. Lee, it's payback time. And he looks at me like, what? And I said, Dr. Lee, it's payback time. I owe a lot to the United States of America. My father was a poor man when he joined the Philippines in the 1940s. I was born on a Navy base, became an American citizen. My parents moved me to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. I grew up in the United States. I traveled every two, three years. I went to school, public school in the U.S. I went to the military medical school. I owe my life, my career, my future to the United States military, but also to the United States of America. So if I can repay my debt by serving the commander-in-chief, that's what I want to do. I look over to him, no expression on his face. As we say in medicine, he has a flat affect, no smile, poker face. So I'm sitting there. He's staring at me. And what seemed like forever, but it was a few minutes later, he said, what can you do here? I looked at him and said, you know, Dr. Lee, I'm a trench doctor. And I remember in one of his interviews, he says he likes doctors who work in the trenches, not behind desks. I said, Dr. Lee, I'm a trench doctor. The longer I'm in the Navy, the more stripes they put on my sleeve. And I pointed to, him, to my uh, blue uniform with three gold stripes. I was commander. The more stripes they put on my sleeve, the more they put me behind a desk. I'm not a desk doctor. I'm a trench doctor. I can take care of patients anywhere in the world. Once again, I look at Dr. Lee. There's no expression, flat affect, poker face. And then what seemed like forever, but was really a few minutes, he stood up abruptly. And so I stood up, too. And he said, as far as I'm concerned, we can stop the process right now. And my heart sank. And I thought, oh, I blew it. This guy hates me. I'm out of here. And then he looked at me again and said, as far as I'm concerned, you've got the job and I'm going to go tell Barbara Bush. I said, oh. And then he walked out, and I followed him out. He walked across the hallway, up the elevator to the second floor to tell Barbara Bush. Meanwhile, I'm standing in the office where Dr. Roberts and the secretary were waiting, and they're looking at me like, what happened? That was really fast. And I said, I think I got the job. And that's how I got the job. It was really because I was myself. And so when you're getting a job interview, be yourself, because that's who they're looking for. You know, you've got the credentials that got you that far, but what will distinguish you from anybody else is the fact that you're honest, you're yourself, you're refreshing, so be yourself. Don't be anybody else. As one of my coaches tell me, nobody can be you better than you, so really be that person. Now, I was at the White House for nine years. I started with George Herbert Walker Bush, I was the physician to Bill Clinton through his entire presidency. And we know nothing happened then. It was very boring. Not. It was a very busy time. I traveled close to 100 countries. I took care of Bill and Hillary and Chelsea and Al Gore and the family. Uh, I was involved in drawing the blood uh, during an infamous episode called Getting the President's DNA to Match It to the Monica Lewinsky Blue Dress. That was not a happy time in our life. But it's something I had to do. If you want to hear more about that, I really encourage you to read my book, 
the White House doctors. My patients were presidents. A memoir came out in 2010, St. Martin's Press. It's on Kindle. You can get it at Amazon. It's at uh, Barnes & Noble. If you want me to sign it, um, you can email me. I'll sign you a book plate. But that's really the story of the White House. But beyond the White House, there's more of a story because your life doesn't end there. I spent nine years of my life there, and it changes you in a lot of ways. And it opened up tremendous opportunities. But you don't die afterwards. You grow on, and you go. And I think the interesting part of my life was what I call the reinvention. And one of the segments I plan to do in the future is I call them my mothers of reinvention, who are my women friends, who reinvented themselves in many ways, like my friend Georgia Bunn, who is in Oregon, who went from a businesswoman to an amazing sculptress. And so there are many people out there who can reinvent themselves. But after the White House, I went to the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale as the uh, executive health physician, and it was a great program. I did corporate physicals. I met many of wonderful patients there. I met my future husband there, uh, and of course you can't date your patients, but that's another story. And uh, I learned a lot there because I went from queen bee to worker bee, and it was humbling. And one of the lessons you know that I learned is you can't always be on top, meaning you can't always be the king or queen. And humbling, to be humbled is a good experience because for people like me, when I'm humbled, I try harder, and I learn, and I change tack so that I can start growing again. And I was at the Mayo Clinic. I got to meet my friend Maddie. I got to realize many things in my career that I wanted to do. And one of the things I realized was I could no longer be a worker bee. I had to be queen bee. But I couldn't be White House doctor again because that was all done. And so as a result of my patients coming up to me and saying, we want you to be our doctor all the time, not just whenever we come to Mayo for executive physical, I left the Mayo Clinic on very good terms in 2005, and I became a businesswoman. I founded my own private practice, which is called a medical concierge practice. Some people call it a boutique practice. Economists uh, call it a uh, consumer-driven type of practice. In other words, I work for you, my patient. I don't work for the government or insurance company or a large HMO. I work for my patients. They pay me up front. They call me any time of day. They email me. They, uh, they Skype me. I mean, I have contact frequently with them. Uh, and it's the best type of practice uh, for all these patients. And I think it's a great practice. I'll have another segment about the free market and this type of practice in the future. But I, that's what I do now. I take care of patients full time. I'm probably the only retired rear admiral in the Navy who takes care of patients full-time now. Most of my colleagues who retired from the Navy go on to do administrative work. One of the things I learned early on, do not lose your clinical skills. You always get a job, and I love taking care of patients. I love their stories. And so what I did was I formed my own practice. Now, in the middle of all that, um, I decided to write a book. And in 2010, I was approached by another author to write a book, and I wrote my book. And then that was an, another adventure in my life, was traveling writing my book, um, going to New York, uh, being on radio shows, uh, plugging the book. And so one of the sections I'll do uh, in the future is I'll interview several of my friends who are authors, but also about uh, do a segment about publishing your own book and going on a book tour, which makes it really exciting. In addition to the book, um, lots of things happen personally. And one of the things that my women friends come up to me, especially young women's, Young women, they come up to me and say, Dr. Connie, <clears throat> you have it all, don't you? You know, how can we have it all? 
And I look at them very knowingly and say, you know, you think so. You can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. And I, what I mean is this. In my life, as I look back, I had a great career, but my marriage wasn't as happy as I wanted it to be. And so as a result, after 29 years of marriage, yep, 29 years, long time, I decided to move on, separated amicably from my husband, who still remains a friend because we have two wonderful sons, and I moved on. And that was a big move because I never dated before. I had no intentions of dating whatsoever. And I think a lot of you out there, that's something you'll struggle with. I mean, when over 50 to probably about 52 53% of marriages end divorce. We have a lot of people out there touched by divorce. I never planned a divorce when I got married. It happened. Uh, I'm glad I, it did happen because I met the love of my life. And that's one of the things I'll talk about uh, in my show uh, in one of my segments about meeting the love of your life and realizing you're never too old to live happily ever after. Um, in the process of all that, of separating divorcing, falling in love, and remarrying, which I did a couple years ago, I still am a mom. I raised two wonderful sons and, you know, how to be mom. I have two wonderful stepchildren, but also being a friend to many of my friends, finding a support group of friends who are there for you all the time. The other things that make my life interesting, because I'm always interested in other people, is, uh, and my husband laughs, he calls it, you're a woman of psychic. You're a woman of science. And I said, no, I'm a woman of weird science. I dabble in uh, inquiring into astrologers, psychics, and mediums. And, in fact, uh, the first caller for my show uh, was my dear friend Iris from uh, Florida, who is uh, a very prominent psychic. And she did a reading for me about eight months ago, and she's right on. And I periodically check in with my psychic medium astrologer friends, and I find them amazing. Um, I am Christian, I believe in God, but I also believe in hope, and sometimes these people come, in, come into my life for a reason, to give me hope, and I think people are looking for that. Uh, I will admit that at times when I have a patient in my office who is struggling with bereavement and depression about losing somebody, I send them to one of my psychics or mediums. So you never know what happens with that. But I'm coming up to a break. I'm going to uh, wrap this up because stay tuned. I have some more things to share with you about my amazing life. I did win the Powerball when it came to love. And I will share with that and how that can help you in your life, finding the love of your life. So stay tuned. And Dr. Connie House Calls will be back soon. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 
1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio, because shift happens. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers, the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dr. Connie House Calls. Uh, as I was doing over the last 46 minutes, was really sharing you highlights from my life story, but also how can these highlights and lessons help you. Let me share another final story with you, and it's really about love. You know, people see me as I'm a successful doctor, I've achieved many things, a businesswoman, author, but I'm still a woman. And I'm still somebody who wants to be loved. And I've learned more lessons in love in the last five years than I have in my entire life because I spent most of my life being a nerd and studying hard and making straight A's so I can be successful. But I think these lessons apply to many people out there because, you know, you can have success, but what good is success if you have nobody to share it with? So the story about my life and my love is this. I was going through my divorce, and in the midst of my divorce, I went to work every day like a good doctor does. And, you know, love comes from all places. You never know when it comes up. And a few years back, uh, I was in clinic seeing patients, including a, one patient of mine named John. I won't give his last name. You'll probably find it. He's in Indiana. And he was my patient at Mayo since, 19, uh, since 2005 when he ran a company here. Oh, I'm sorry. Take that back. It was a 2005. It was 2000, 2002. He was my patient since 2002. Uh, he was my patient at Mayo. And I would see him every year for his executive health physical. And in 2005, when I formed my private practice, he joined my concierge practice. And around that time, he moved to Indiana to run a company. So I would see John once a year. And I really, you know, I had other patients that kept me busy, but all I remember he was a very pleasant fellow. I would see him once a year. Well, when I first met John in 2001 or 2002 at Mayo, 
he was married at the time, and I was married at the time. And I went over the history and the whole thing, did his physical. And then the following year, 2002, he came back for his physical at Mayo, and he announced that he was getting a divorce. And I said, I am so sorry to hear that. Um, and then we talked about that. Can I help in any way? Can I get therapy or counseling for your kids? <clears throat> so I was available as the doctor. And again, as the years went on, I knew that he was trying to find a life of his own and, and so forth. 2005 came up, and he joined my practice. And then after that, he would show up every year, busy as he was, coming out from Indiana to Phoenix for his physical. Well, 2007 rolled around, and he came out for his annual exam. And again, throughout this time, he would email me whenever he got sick or had any questions. So there was an ongoing professional relationship. So 2007 rolled around, and he came to my office, and I did his physical, all the things a doctor does. And I sat down with him because I block off, as a concierge physician, I block off about you know, two hours of my time so I can spend with a patient. And in the process, I said, well, how are your children? He says, they're in, they're in college, they're doing well. <clears throat> and then he's, and I said, well, how are you? Are you dating anybody? Have you met anybody? And he says, and he launches into this lament. Oh, my God. He said, it's awful out there. Dating is awful. And he proceeds to share with me all his dating horror stories. And I said, you know, John, listening to you, I have no intentions of dating whatsoever. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're married. I said, well... I am, uh, but I decided I needed to move on. I was lonely in my marriage. I was unhappy. And I moved out. I found a house of my own. And I'm going to file for divorce. And John looks at me and says, marry me. I said, what? I can't marry you. I'm your doctor. And he says, no, I mean it. I'll marry me. I said, silly patient. I can't marry you. So I sent him on his way to Indiana. Now, John, little did I know, was very persistent. And the next day, he emails me, Dear Dr. Connie, uh, come with me to the Bocelli concert in December. I emailed him back, No, doctors don't date patients. Well, in December, uh, that came around, and um, he called me one afternoon. In fact, Maddie was with me, who's here in my studio today. I had just dropped Maddie off at home. We went to <laughs> dinner at Pasta Brioni, very nice night. And he called me and said, Hey, Dr. Connie, I'm in town, uh, coming into town uh, next month. Uh, do you want to go out with me or anything? I said, no, no, go, go away. If you're not sick, don't call me. So January rolls around, January uh, 2008, and he calls me on a Sunday. He says, Dr. Connie, I'm in town. I'm getting my colonoscopy tomorrow. So everybody out there over 50, by the way, get your colonoscopy. And he says, why don't you come with me to the Phoenix Suns game? I said, John, this is a bad day. This happens to be my 29th wedding anniversary. I'm meeting with my soon-to-be ex, and I have to write a check for my divorce. Thank you, Women's Lib. Now I get the opportunity to write a big check to settle my marriage to give my husband. So there we go. Women's come a long way. We can get uh, pay the big check, too. And John goes, I totally understand what you mean. So uh, let, meet me at, how about meet me at uh, Nordstrom Cafe for lunch or coffee. I said, okay, I'll meet you in five minutes, Nordstrom Cafe for coffee. We go there. We sit down. I look right opposite him and say, what are you looking for? And, I, and, and he looks at me innocently and says, I'm looking for a life partner. And he throws it back at me. What are you looking for? And I said, you know what? One of my dearest friends, Lori Beth Jones, who wrote a book called Jesus CEO, but she's also giving advice about life and love, said, Connie, you know what you don't like you know, in life and partners? You've got to know what you like. So write that down. Write the qualities of your perfect mate on a list or in your Blackberry. Read it every day. And that person will come to you. It's the law of attraction they, law, they talk about. It's the law of attraction. So I set up a list. I wrote all the qualities of my perfect mate and saw my Blackberry. And John says, read it to me. 
So I said, okay. I pull out my Blackberry and I start reading him the list, you know, ideal mate. Alive, full of light and light, intelligent, compassion. He goes, let me see that. He grabs my Blackberry from me and he proceeds to read the rest of the qualities and he explains why he is the guy. And so all I can think of as I look at him is, I better date him. His balls are bigger than mine because nobody could really date me, right? So time transpires, and I fall in love with this man. I go through my divorce, and a year and a half later, we're engaged. We got married June of 2010, and we're happy. And I see it differently now that I'm grown up, what life and love are about. First of all, you have to know what you want, that you don't compromise. For my single friends who are looking, they make a list. So make a list of what you're looking for and don't compromise. But that's one of the things I'll share with you in this, in this uh, radio series. It's about hope. It's about love and life and laughter. But I'm still a doctor despite all that, right? One of the things I'm going to end with as a doctor is I understand that my former patient, George Herbert Walker Bush, is in the hospital with bronchitis. And I want to wish him all the best. God bless him. He's a good man. Um, it is the flu season coming up. In my clinic in the last couple weeks, I've seen more people with this dry hacking cough. Uh, number one, make sure all of you get your flu shots. It's so important to get your flu shot. It is a dead virus. You cannot get the flu from your flu shot, okay? Cannot get it. The other thing is wash your hands as frequently as you can. Um, if you're cold, last longer than five or six days. If you get a high fever, higher than 102, a thick, productive cough, definitely see your doctor. It's important to see your doctor. One of the things I ask people to think about is get your own doctor. And that's one of the things I'll stress in this, is find somebody you trust that you can feel comfortable sharing your secrets with, because patients have secrets. But really find your own doctor, because I, despite all the things I do and love, is I'm a doctor first, first and foremost. I am the White House doctor, but when I'm on the radio, I'm your radio doctor. And so feel free to email or call me. I will turn over uh, you obviously to your own doctor, but if you have questions in general about health, I will share those on my shows. And any topics you want to discuss, please email us or Twitter us so we can talk about all those different things. Please remember to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I love this show. I'm excited about it. I hope you had as good a time as I had being your host. I have lots of exciting guests coming up. In the next few weeks, I've got Dr. Julia Ney, who is a therapist who's going to be on board. I've got uh, another uh, friend of mine who wrote another book about how to make it in America. And I've got the, the Ike and Dolo Band, which is a Christian band uh, that's going to be with us the week before Christmas. So with that, I wish you all good things. Be hopeful and helpful and happy. And wish, uh, bless you all. And thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Connie House Call, our very first show. We'll be talking next week. God bless. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 